Adam had a lot of success at his first company, Simply Measured, raised a lot of capital, grew it to many, many millions in ARR before uh, he left and then obviously went on to sell. Now he's joined up with a, it sounds like a very talented um, CTO in 2014. Uh, the CTO launched the company Siftrock, again, helping with, you know, emails. You get all the replies. What do you do with the replies when someone says, I'm, you know, I'm out of office or I've changed jobs? And how do you update your CRMs and all your data records to make sure it reflects everything you're collecting from those automated replies? And then most importantly, how do you actually, again, engage with the people that wrote you real replies from those mass emails you sent out? He's solving it. They're a team of six people based up there in Seattle. Totally bootstrapped, 140 customers paying on average 600, 700 bucks a month. So doing, uh, they've passed a million bucks in ARR, uh, growing and have about 10x over the past 18 months, which is healthy. 135% net revenue uh, retention year over year. Again, healthy growth, siftrock.com. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. They had no money when they started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Adam Schoenfeld. He is the CEO of a company called Siftrocked. He joined as ex post facto co-founder in October 2016. He's passionate about all things related to SaaS marketing and sales. Previously, he was a founder and CEO at Simply Measured in the social analytics space. He's also a BOD member at Visible, leader in the B2B marketing attribution space. Adam, are you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. All right, I remember Simply Measured back. That was, you know, the heyday for those companies was back in 2012 when Wildfire, Vitru, Buddy Media, all those guys sold. Did you sell the same time? Uh, no, later. It was, it was, uh, I was in the business for a long time, grew it, and then it, uh, um, I left the business to come join Siftrock, and then it sold to Sprout Social Post. Uh, ah, was that. Got it. What did, what did, I mean, size wise, what did that get up to? You guys were a couple million in AR, right? Uh, can you, you know, share or no? Share, can't share details of that. It was it was definitely more than a couple, but uh, can't can't share details about that. Why Why'd you leave? Why not stay with Sprout Social through like an earnout or something? Um, so I actually left before the the Sprout Social acquisition. Um, and for me, you know, the company had grown. We were over a hundred employees. Um, you know, had had some success. I'd learned a ton, and I I really love the the earlier stages of a business. Yep. Um, and I wanted to go do something. Uh, I wanted to go bootstrap a business. Actually, I wanted to try a different model. Um, and when I met Chris, who was, had started Siftrock solo, I was just drawn to him and his energy. And so I just had the opportunity to go do something else that I was really passionate about. Yeah. Yep, yep. uh, sorry. My numbers were way off too, because I mean, you guys had raised, I mean, there was well, I know one round you did that, that simply measure was like 20 million. You guys had raised a significant amount of capital, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. We went on the, the VC path and, and we did put a lot of capital in the company. And as you know, you were, I know you were in that space at a similar time and, yeah. um, you know, a lot of, a lot of companies, that space got very crowded very quickly. Yeah. It was a, that space was a shit show. I mean, we had all kinds of different LOIs at different times. There were some I should have probably moved forward with. There were others that I should have said no to, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we got out of that space. I'll just leave it at that. Um, so why get into, walk me through what you're doing today. So what's the company do and how do you make money? Yeah. SaaS model, um, you know, we work on annual subscriptions and we solve this sort of, um, niche problem in B2B email marketing. So if you send any volume of email to leads and customers, you know, whether you're sending them webinar invites or following up on white papers, 
what happens after your email sends go out is you get a bunch of replies back. Mm-hmm. You get like out of office messages and notifications that somebody's changed jobs. Those things just happen, right? Um, and then you get people who actually want to talk to you. Um, and that's happening more and more. So Siftrock is basically managing and mining all of those replies. So we take the hand raisers, the real people that want to talk to you. We send them to the sales rep. We look at the out of office messages for signatures. We look at the left companies to clean your database. Um, so this, this process that just works behind the scenes to basically help you automate and kind of improve your process uh, after the send. Okay. And, and so I love the products, but I'm also curious about like how you ended up here. So you said de facto CEO. There's a lot of words in that bio, which means usually some shit hit the fan and you had to come in. I mean, what happened? Why'd you come in as, as co-founder or CEO? I wish there was a juicy story about that shit hitting the fan, but I, I, you know, I use the Jason Lemkin ex post facto CEO because I came in as co-founder, as CEO after the company had been founded. Um, it's Which a really cool year? story, actually. Uh, the company was founded in uh, December 2014. Okay. Yeah, so he'd been running it for about two years, um, solo. Um, so you know, one guy, a uh, technical guy, uh, also very entrepreneurial. Super impressed. I mean, can you imagine, right? He built the product. He validated with early customers. He sold early customers. He iterated the product. He built multiple integrations solo. And he just got to a point where it was like, hey, either I need a co-founder to, to handle sales and marketing and help me take this to the next level, or I need to sell the business. Yep. And I said, let's go do it. Yep. What did, uh, and he had bootstrapped it at that point, right? Yep, absolutely bootstrapped. That's, that's amazing. Um, so update where you're at today. So, I mean, it bootstrapped, have you raised capital? Uh, fully bootstrapped. Okay, good. Okay, still good. You're, you're taking a full 180 from your previous ventures, huh? Yeah, you know, I learned a lot through that process and I, I wanted to try this way. I'm not like violently opposed to the VC model. Yeah. I just think there's lots of businesses and lots of opportunities to, um, you know, take a different approach, to take a more, a little bit of a slower, kind of more intentional approach to kind of the market. And that's what we're doing here. Plus, it's a way better story for you to take podcast interviews from your closet than it is some big fancy boardroom you spend all your VC money on. <laughs> For sure. For sure, man. (laughs) All right. Tell me more about the kinds of customers you're working with. So, I mean, like on average, what would you say the average customer is paying you per month? Yeah. So on average existing business, it's 7,500 per year. Okay. Um, and the kind of customers are, you know, people who send a good amount of email and who use a marketing automation platform. Um, so folks like Avalara, log me in Procore, Glassdoor, you know, people that have a pretty big database, they're nurturing those leads, they're emailing their customers. Um, they use Marketo, Eloqua, HubSpot, or Pardot. Those are the platforms we primarily integrate with. Mm-hmm. And what's the difference between someone paying seven, five hundred bucks per year to your expansion revenue, where they might pay 20, 30, 40, 50 grand a year? What, what pricing axes are you selling up on? Yeah, we just added the, the second axis of features. So we have, we have a feature, we have two feature SKUs, and then we have volume, basically volume of replies that we process, which is a function of how much email they send. So those are the two, two variables. And which one is more effective for your salespeople for upselling? Is it just driving more usage to get more volume and that's the most effective no-touch way to upsell? Uh, probably for upsell, it, it's the features because you can, we can't change their volume. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. we have no ability to affect that where we can kind of inspire them to try something new on the feature axis. And so that's where a lot of our product development is to, to enhance our, our second feature skew and add a third. Um, the volume, it's just, do you send or do you not? I mean, they can expose us to more business units and regions to get more volume, but pretty much at the in, uh, start of the contract, we know how much volume they're going to generate. And what have you guys now scaled to in terms of total customers using the platform? 
Uh, we're at about 140 customers. Okay, that's pretty good. So, so I mean, if I take 140 times 7,500 bucks, I mean, I can kind of get into like general AR. You guys are past or or flirting with that million dollar mark right now. Yeah, we just hit the, we just hit the million of ARR mark uh, last month. Dude, congratulations! April. That's that's a big. I mean, that's a big milestone. Yeah, no, I'm super proud of it. I mean, a, a six employee. We just hired our sixth employee, so a, you know, functionally a five employee company reaching a million of ARR on zero capital. I think it's a cool milestone. I mean, it's it's small relative to many of your guests on the show. Obviously, when you're talking hundreds of millions, but people always hedge that, Adam. I don't understand why. Can I tell you a secret? The the the, the interviews I do with people that are at your level get almost three times the downloads as when I have Ryan on from Qualtrics and they're about to IPO. It's You know why? Because those are inspirational, but they're not actionable. Like you're, this episode will be actionable. You're going to say things that other people at your exact same level, they can go try it. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I love, love it. I love kind of operating at this size, figuring out what it takes to get from 100K to a million. It's a, it's a fun problem. And then you try to get from one to two and you just sort of take it one day at a time. Yeah. Now, I, what's interesting to me though is, um, so how old are you today? Uh, 35. Got a few grades coming in. Not too bad though. <laughs> it's interesting to me how you're able to put your mind back in this mode after, you know, I mean, you guys raised north of 25, 30 million. I think it, it simply measured. I mean, it's a very different thing to grow with that kind of capital behind you versus the mindset you're in now. I mean, have you done anything to shift your mindset that way or no, it's easier than I'm making it sound. Uh, it's hard sometimes. I mean, I think, um, but I like it because it keeps you, it keeps you humble, right? Like I have to write uh, copy for the website. I have to design images for our LinkedIn ads, right? Like I am, I have my hands in the weeds of the operation and I love that. And I, I did that a lot at Simply Measured in the early days and I, I love doing that. So I think so much learning comes from that and, I, and doing it for, a, you know, a second time effectively is, is awesome. And I'm sort of relearning things I learned seven, eight years ago. Um, it, it was a mindset shift, right. Versus having a big team and having an EA and having somebody manage your calendar and right. Just like all the little things I think. And, and, um, it, it's definitely taken a, a shift, but I, I settled back into it pretty quickly because I think this is where I'm most comfortable actually. What was the initial, what was the initial gentleman's name? Uh, Chris Hundley. Chris. So, so you guys got obviously hooked up. I mean, are you a true, co-founder if i looked at the cap table i could clearly pick both of you out as the two co-founders or are you at like you know two three four five percentage points kind of thing no no i'm a, I'm a true co-founder in that sense okay. i mean obviously we tilted it a little bit for you know him and the sacrifices he's made but yep. it's a it would be a, a typical you know if we had started the company and and i had to pay for that right i had to sacrifice a lot of salary and and trade what I, where i was that, that, that's that was my follow-up question right because yeah. if, if i if if i looked at okay i've got the ceo who built this social company simply measured raised a bunch of capital obviously it hadn't exited yet but clearly many 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 millions in arr um you must have really seen something here that gets you very excited for you to take you know when you measure your opportunity cost yeah yeah and you can see that nathan right but a lot of people don't get that they're like why would you do this and i'm like you need to go talk to chris because um, I think as a business co-founder, right, the most important thing, and I benefited from this at Simply Measured. I had a phenomenal uh, product co-founder and, and a phenomenal CTO. But you need that other side. You need somebody who can um, functionally complement you, but also personality and style-wise. And so when I saw him, and we spent a ton of time together dating and sort of I informally advised him for probably a year before I actually, you know, joined the business. Um, but that was just, I just saw that as such an opportunity that, you know, I was willing to make a lot of sacrifice to, to come on board. 
I, like you guys, have never been able to find a project management tool that I love. You know, my blog writers like one thing, my developers like one thing, my designers like a different thing, and it's so difficult to get them all on the same page. So when I had Roy Mann, the CEO of Monday.com on the show, I was pleasantly surprised at what he told me regarding his traction and his growth, and I said, maybe I should try this thing. So we now use Monday.com. I started with the magazine. We've launched the Latka magazine, solely dedicated to SaaS founders. It's the only magazine focused on SaaS. And my content writers and my designers worked beautifully together on that project using Monday.com for project management. I then said, well, let me give it a real test. Let me see if I can use this for sprints and product cycles with my developers using it as well. And so we did that for GitLatka on our last release. It worked like a charm. Never before have I been able to find one tool that my developers, my designers, and my writers, and myself can use and be happy with. You know, for me, I do most of my work waiting on the boarding deck about to get on a plane. I have to be able to access this stuff on my mobile device, and it works beautifully. We've been using it for several months now, and I said, Roy, I'd love to introduce this to my audience, but you got to give me a great discount. Make me a great offer. He said, Nathan, okay, fine. If your folks sign up and try today, we'll give them 10% off all plans if they use this link, nathanlacka.com forward slash Monday. So you can go there, try it for free, and if you decide to start paying, you'll get 10% off. Again, that's nathanlacka.com forward slash Monday. What's growth look like? You just passed a million in AOR. Where were you 12 months ago? Oh man, I mean, we're in those ridiculous percentage growth rates, right? But we really think about it in dollar growth. I guess at the end of last quarter, we were growing like 260%, okay. right? I mean, we went, we, we, it took us 18 months to go from basically 100K to a million of ARR. Um, so, you know, when I came in, we were about 100K of just what he cobbled together. And, you know, we just crossed the million 18 months after I yeah, came so, on. So to summarize that, in 20, you launched in 2014, he grew to about 100 grand in ARR. In 2016, when you joined, it was about 100 grand in ARR. You've grown now over the past two years uh, up to, you know, north of a million. So 10X over two years, pretty healthy growth. Yeah, yeah, 18 months. I mean, it was late. It was Q4 2016 that I came in. So Got it. Yeah, just an 18-month window. So it's been, we, we came in and, and I brought in the first day. I mean, and, you know, le- lessons learned, right? The very first day I brought in a director of sales. Very first day I joined, her and I sat down together. And it was like, because, you know, that was a lesson that I learned is investing in sales too late and, and things like that. So we, um, it was great. I had a great partner in, in terms of, you know, being able to bring in new business, which of course you need when you have very few customers. What that, what that conversation with your first sales, I mean, what did that sound like? I mean, was she asking questions like, where am I getting the leads from? And you're going, well, here's your commission structure. Here's the target ACV. Like, get me into that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's, she's very bright. So she asked all of those questions. Um, luckily we had the, the personal relationship cause we'd worked together. She had been at simply measured, then went on to a different company. So, um, fortunate that we had a history to sort of draw on. And I said, Hey, look, here's the sacrifices I'm making to do this. Here's my confidence in the business. And you know, like, why don't you take the leap and, and let's see what happens. Um, and, and luckily, you know, we were able to, um, sort of set up a commission structure where she was, um, benefiting pretty quickly, um, from actually closing business. So she then I think bought in <laughs> pretty quick, uh, after that. So where, where are you guys feeding her leads today? Are they just, they're just coming in through the website or are you doing any direct paid stuff? Yep. We're doing some paid, um, some paid social, um, that pencils out really well for us. Um, and then we've, we've got really good word of mouth and sort of, uh, position within our partner ecosystem. You know, those platforms we integrate with, People tend to talk about us inside of those communities. So that's been a big lead source that we've generated. 
Um, and then we're just starting to build the outbound muscle. I bet we've closed of our, you know, 140 customers, maybe 15 of them have actually been closed through outbound. Oh, wow. And we're trying to get that mix up. Interesting. So right now, across your entire base, when you look at your fully weighted CAC, where would you pin it? Um, yeah, so it's about it's about half of what our ACV is. It, it takes us about six months to pay it back. Got it. So call it like, I mean, it fluctuates, you know, some quarters it's four, some it's eight, right? Like these numbers are still small, right? Totally. So you're you're still seeing it bounce around, but we're, we're always keeping it under that sort of, I, I want to keep it under 10 and 10 um, month payback. Yeah. 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 So you're six month, month six month payback today on $7,500 ACV. So call it 3,500 bucks in CAC or somewhere around there. It bounces. Right. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and then this is tough, especially at, at kind of where you're at right now, but when you put your finger up in the air and you look at what you think LTV might be, how, how do you calculate that? And what do you think it is? Oh man. I, you know, I don't think about LTV and SAS. I just look at the CAC ratio and the, and the, and the payback period. Because I think when you start doing LTV on a half a percent of churn on an early cohort, it's like your LTV is 100 years or something, yeah. right? And so you just get this weird equation. So I, I really just think about, you know, uh, the, I think about those components, the renewal rate and the CAC and then the CAC payback and, and the, the ACV growing obviously is important, but I don't, I don't really think LTV. Did I hear you say that, right? You're, you're, you're churning in terms of logo churn a half a point every month? Uh, no. So we, we look at it as, as renewal rates since we're doing annual deals. We have a few legacy, I think we have three month to month payers left from the old days, but you know, everything now is on an annual deal. So I look at renewal rates. Um, I, I pulled this up cause I knew you'd ask, but our, so our, if I just look at everybody who's renewed over the last 18 months, we have a 99.5% dollar gross renewal rate. But Nathan, it's like these early cohorts, you need to be that high. Yeah. Like these are your early adopters, the people who are like loving your product, they're willing to take a chance on you. So I, I don't know if that's indicative of actually that's, where that's net pay. dollar retention. No, that's gross. That is gross. Um, okay. Net's like 135. Yeah. Um, yeah. but again, like your early customers should upgrade at a higher rate. So I yeah. think when I look at that first cohort of people that were acquired, you know, in 2017 and earlier, it's like, you know, we should be, we should be delivering at a really ridiculous rate for those people. Yep. And you mentioned six month payback period. Um, we talked a little bit about, you've got, again, six folks on the team now today. Where are you guys all based? We're all in Seattle, all huh. in one room. I love, I love that. So, so obviously not all jammed in that closet. Is it a co-working space or is it just a space you found outside? Uh, it's a space we found. Yeah. Just in, in Pioneer Square in Seattle, we got a little walk up. Um, and it's fun. Um, yeah, there's a nice 7-Eleven downstairs where you can, you know, buy some drugs um, and a bag of Cheetos or whatever you need, and it's <laughs> it's a fun it's a fun neighborhood. Uh, there, there you guys have it. Sift Rock powered on powder on, you know, Tylenol and Cheetos. <laughs> Adam, last question here. Um, I mean, you've been here, you've done this before, so I have to ask. I mean, over the next 12 months, in terms of driving growth, you mentioned trying to experiment and growing the outbound muscle. I mean, what are three metrics you're really focused on over the next year as you drive, try and drive more growth? Yeah, I mean, actually, outside of metrics, what I'm mostly focused on, and I guess the metric would be, you know, expansion revenue or, or starting ACV is is product expansion. Um, we really like uh, we like. I mean, email is an old channel, but it has a lot of room to innovate. And I think we've we've sort of opened people's eyes to when you try to get people to reply to your marketing emails, magic can happen, right? When you get that two way engagement, and so we want to do more stuff with the product to make that easier for people to take that to the next level. Um, so I, I'm, I'm really actually focused on new product and new innovation on the, on the product itself right now, because I think we have like the model working at the level that can sustain our business and be cash flow positive. Um, so I guess that ties back to, to expansion or, or ACV, but, 
but I, I think it's a little more qualitative in that sense. If a, if a Marketo or a, you know, Salesforce or one of these companies that they see you rising up their app rankings fairly quickly approaches you and says, Hey, here's a $5 million check, sell the company to us. Do you sell? Uh, not for five. I mean, everybody's got some number, right? I'm, I'm not going to share it on your show here, but I, I think we, we are building the business as if we're going to be doing this in 10 years. And if those conversations happen, like we'll, we'll entertain them. I mean, but I think we, we're just taking the lens of like, how do we generate cash flow to, to pay the employees, pay the rent, you know, run the business and make our customers happy. And, and, you know, then we'll sort of see what, what doors open. Yeah. Are you running right now at about break even? Yep. Right about break even, yeah. you know, some months a little over, some a little under. So 2017, yep. the, the nice thing about annual contracts, right. Is you can, you can make this work bootstrapped if you can, if you can do annual deals. Yep. Adam, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Um, you know, I've been really into uh, Seth Godin right now. So I'll go with uh, purple cow. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying currently? Oh, a lot, a lot. I love doing this. Um, I'll go with a local CEO, um, Sandy Lynn. She's the CEO at Skilljar. Um, they just raised a big round and um, she's super, super sharp. I, I love talking with her. So somebody I know personally and have been kind of watching her grow. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building a business besides your own? Um, oh, man. So tough because um, right now I'm really excited about Drift and Outreach and they're, you know, they're all in the sales and marketing world where I live. Um, both of those, I um, since we're getting outbound going outreach has just done some amazing things to help, help that, um, especially in terms of like personalized emails. So, um, really like that tool. Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Oh, I'm pretty steady in the seven ballpark, maybe six and a half. And what's your situation? Married, single, you have kiddos? Uh, married two young ones, four year old and a two year old. Okay. That's incredible. And you said you're 35, right? Yep. And, and last question here, what do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Oh man, that, that idiot. I don't know what I tell him. Uh, yeah, probably just, uh, not trust your gut, but listen to your gut. I think, uh, anytime I've sort of strayed, it's been sort of like not listening to a gut feeling, not asking why, not digging down on that. So I think, um, sort of really thinking about who you are and sort of trusting what, what those signals are, even if they're hard to figure out why you're, you're hearing them. So uh, that's probably what I'd tell myself. Guys, don't trust your gut, but make sure you're listening to it. Adam had a lot of success at his first company, Simply Measured, raised a lot of capital, grew it to many, many millions in ARR before uh, he left, and then obviously went on to sell. Now he's joined up with a, it sounds like a very talented um, CTO in 2014. Uh, the CTO launched the company Siftrock, again, helping with you know emails. You get all the replies. What do you do with the replies when someone says, I'm, you know, I'm out of office or I've changed jobs? And how do you update your CRMs and all your data records to make sure it reflects everything you're collecting from those automated replies? And then most importantly, how do you actually actually, again, engage with the people that wrote you real replies from those mass emails you sent out. He's solving it. They're a team of six people based up there in Seattle, totally bootstrapped 140 customers paying on average 600, 700 bucks a month. So doing, uh, they've passed a million bucks in ARR, uh, growing and have about 10 X over the past 18 months, which is healthy. 135% net revenue, uh, gr- retention year over year. Again, healthy growth, siftrock.com. Adam, thank you for taking us to the top. Thanks, Nathan.